welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, series, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Rack. Hello, everybody. The following episode includes highlights from a recent live stream podcast held with the Harry Potter Alliance, featuring guest host Andrew Slack with musical performances from the Remus Lupins and the Whomping Willows. My name is Ben Shane, host of that other Harry Potter podcast. Unfortunately, I do not reappear elsewhere in this episode, but nonetheless, I am happy to introduce and return you to episode 233 of Pottercast, already in progress. Welcome back. Hooray. We need some quick fire cannon conclusions. Yeah, but we can't, but we can't without the chat knowing what we're doing. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, why were the marauders ready to turn on each other during the last war right before Halloween? What does Andrew think? Okay, so this is like, uh, ask the question, ask the question. <laughs> this is a question, a question uh, about the uh, cannon or whatever. And you have to give, to give your thoughts about it, all right? So the question is, okay. why is Hogsmeade the only wizarding town in the UK, but do all major cities have wizard neighborhoods? Ooh, oh, question. that's fun. I think Hogsmeade the is the last wizarding town, because it says that, but I would argue that there's other, like, nocturne, like, there's other, like, alleys, probably. Yeah, I mean, you have, like, Godric's Hollow. Surely there's other places like this. But, yeah, oh, oh of course. But, I mean, like, Hogsmeade was the last pure wizarding. Hmm. And so there are, yeah, in Book 7 they talk about how there's different places that wizards and witches would go to. Sometimes they'd be in, like, they'd be in secret. Sometimes they knew. Um, like, you know, like some other people they would tell their, their neighbors and stuff. They were, you know, t- would tell the muggles. It's till the, till the Secrecy Act when I guess they had to be secret. Yeah. So. I'd be curious if there's another Diagon Alley somewhere else. But at the same time, if you're in Europe... You can just apparate and you're there, or flu powder, so it's not like... Well, you can't apparate. You can apparate to Diagon Alley. Not from anywhere in Europe, otherwise Voldemort well, would have apparated... From Europe, yeah, I mean, for the most part. He was in Eastern Europe, and he couldn't apparate when he was torturing and killing Grindelwald uh, back to the Malfoy Manor he was flying. Because you can't apparate from that far east. Eastern, where, what, I thought he was, like, up in, like, Middle East. Well, he was in Bulgaria, yeah, which is, Bulgaria. I think, is in Eastern Europe, isn't it? Am I wrong on that? Yeah, he's from there. I, I, there I'm has really, to be... So, wait, Nuremberg, Nur- Nuremberg, Nuremberg, is that right? Nuremberg, Nuremberg's the real one. Nuremberg is the prison that uh, Grindelwald was in. So, wait, what? So, so we're, we're trying to figure out why he didn't just apparate? Well, I'm saying you can't just... I, I, I mean, Frack's question was about, can you just... App, I mean, why have a Diagon Alley somewhere else when you can just apparate to Diagon Alley from anywhere in Europe? And I'm saying you can't apparate... Uh, I think you can apparate anywhere from in, 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 like, the United Kingdom. Oh, well, yeah, I would think that. I think that so. Would be true. Yeah. Uh, the way I always imagined is there was, like, checkpoints the same with, like, it's, I guess, and sort of the I, wizarding I, equivalent of an airport. And I hate to say this, um, but apparating was always, 
the only time we saw restraints on operating was the last part of the book, and it just wasn't very dramatic. Because the fact that Dumbled, uh, Voldemort had to race there when he was flying. So, I don't know how, like... I don't know. Why was he flying? But he was... You know what, though? He was... Hmm. He was flying over the lake. What? When was he actually flying? He was flying up into the topmost tower. There's a line talking about flying until he'll get into apparition range. And, like, that was the... That was the oh, the, okay. So, Ethan so Voldemort that, couldn't break apparition range. I would love yeah. to know what those ranges actually are. I would argue that that's a good kind of conundrum. So yeah. I would argue it's probably different for the wizard. Yeah, I mean, it should be a different on, like, your abilities. Yeah. It, it might be a sovereignty issue also. You know, he had full control over the wizarding world of, I guess, the United Kingdom. Like, I don't know how that works, but... Um, Do you think there's uh, kind of international laws that prohibit, like, cross-country or, like, international travel via apparition? It sounds like it, because he never, he was too obsessed with Harry Potter to do the whole Hitler thing and spread right. his uh, domain from uh, from the UK to other countries, which I think, I think he would have done, by the way. I'm, I'm hoping to think that the stakes were so high that his, his ambition was to take over the whole world. Well, yeah, and what would, what would he do? Just hanging out, just having, you know, England under his control. He'd, yeah, I don't think that would be good enough for Voldemort. He'd be sitting around like, all right, is he going to go to like like a... International like meetings or whatever, and try and represent. to me, like I think, that, I, I think the stakes are so high because he's like, um, the reason why, only reason he's obsessing on Harry is because Voldemort doesn't want to just be any dictator in history. He wants to like, he's like, what's what's the good of being Adolf Hitler if Adolf Hitler can die? Like so. Harry represents the one chink in the armor that he could die. So if he can get him out of the way, then he could take over the rest of the world. But until then, it's all about taking down Harry. Once that happens, he'll easily just sort of start taking over everything. Yeah, I mean, his person, he's, he was, um, like, obsessed with Harry. So, like, yeah, he would never venture past. He, Harry has to be taken care of just for his, his pride and ego, I would imagine. You should and be asking us yeah. questions that we're going that to, we, that will take up after those in the chat so that we can catch yeah. up with you guys. Yeah. So if you have quick fire cannon conundrums, well, well, we, well we suss this out. If you have quick fire cannon conundrums, put them in the chat. Oh my god, I can't believe, I am so fanboying right now, whatever the heck word I'm supposed to use, that I'm having this discussion with Pottercast. But you went right into it. You didn't know quite what to do at first, but you went right into it, got into the whole like thing where we do where you answer a question with a question and then there comes 15 other cannon questions yeah. and it gets, makes well. your head hurt. I Love like that. it. It's like a group of rabbis it. sitting together discussing Talmud or something. Yes. Except, except as the female in the group, I don't think that's possible. Uh-uh. No, female rabbis. Not, there are female, female rabbis. rabbis. What am I talking about? It's priests we can't be, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a weak little defeated laugh. That's terrible. All right. Okay. The next one here. Quick fire cannon conundrum from Emily. How come Oliver Wood never dated anyone? <laughs> I bet he did. <laughs> I bet Emily, he did. Emily, was that a sublimated question that you wanted to have dated uh, Oliver Wood and by no, anyone you met me? Staff, guys. I think I, I think, think his name was Marcus staff. Flint. Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> scandalous. Who's Marcus Flint? Who's Marcus Flint? Marcus Flint. Come on. Frank. Frank, talk to the hand, please. This is ridiculous. <laughs> In book two, Marcus Flint is a is a is a, is a seventh year. Uh, he's the seeker on the opposing on the Slytherin uh, Slytherin Quidditch team, 
And in book three, he also appears as the Seeker. Yeah. And J.K. Rowling very wink-wink answered when asked about this, oh, he had to repeat a year. <laughs> well, right, yeah, because he's kind of a... Kind of so a we call... we Yeah, we call little, like, unex, inex, inexplicable errors in the canon universe flints for that reason. Well, thanks for making me feel cool. stupid about it, guys. Shut up, you. <laughs> you didn't feel stupid. Doodle, brush up on your chamber secrets. I'm just asking... I don't... I'm not one for... I'll ask if I don't know the answer. You know what I was... Th- I was thinking recently how long it's been since I've seen Chamber of Secrets, the movie. I feel like it gets the least love and is the most oft ignored. You well, guys agree? Yeah. To, to me, Chamber of the Secrets, the movie, is excellent as far as the movies go. Uh, but Chamber of the Secrets, the book, is the weakest of the seven books. Yeah. Um, I thought that until book six came around, and then I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I had, like, I love... To, uh, book two a lot more now after right. after listening to like the second one. I'm mean, uh, reading the seventh, the sixth it's one. Kind of, it's kind of like you, you don't like six. Middle... Six? Yeah. Um, it took me a while to uh, for six to grow on me, but I like me it. Me too, Frankie. Me too. Oh, so it's like a connection to two that made you like it. Two yeah, more. You, finally, you just, finally understand what it's about. In the what happened at the end of um, what happened at the end of three with the whole Marauders and Peter Pettigrew happened again with the Diary and the Horcrux. Is what I mean. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a Horcrux, gotcha, you know? Like, gotcha. kind of like it was that kind of like, oh, that's awesome. And so, like, that made me. It was. It's kind of like book two has this quiet confidence. It just it doesn't need it doesn't need the attention. It just knows that it's good. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I think there's a degree of like middle child syndrome that <laughs> that book two has because like because book one is episodic. It's an episode. It's like like the, you know the we have like oh, and the introduce everything in it. Yeah, it's a beautiful. And, and, but everything's yeah, it's everything's a novelty and everything's introduced. And then book three is also an episode, but it ends with the beginning of the epic. And then book two is an episode, but it doesn't end. It doesn't begin the epic and or the the story. It doesn't really seem to take it anywhere at face value so it's just like fleshing out the world more so I think it's just easy to ignore however I just want to throw out there that I had a fantastic conversation with someone that Melissa introduced me to um, at Infinitus a couple days ago Christian Coulson oh cool is, yeah he is so awesome. I didn't just, he, he wanted to talk to you I was that just was the so weird. getter together he's amazing he's Voldemort well, he oh, was he was, he, yeah he played he, he was Tom Riddle right yeah, yeah. He may be getting involved with us with the HPA. What is he doing nowadays? Oh, he's an actor. He he does acting in New York. That's awesome. Yeah. Is he British? He is. What is he doing over here? I'm just kidding. Hanging acting. out. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> acting out. Stupid. <laughs> anyway, um, well, let's get back to Kenny Kenny Conrad or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's do it. What was what, what was the last heck? one though? What would Dumbledore have done if the Basilisk like? Killed Harry. What the world? Well, you know? I would argue the fact that the Bachelors couldn't kill Harry because of the prophecy. We could have seriously Ooh, injured. Devil's advocate. You know, like that's a really dangerous creature to have running around with Harry when, you know, he probably was in full power to stop it if he wanted to, Albus. There's a lot of weird questions about why did Dumbledore let Gilderoy Lockhart into the school? Why did he let Harry go down to get the Sorcerer's Stone? Like. But I mean, with the basilisk, I think it what ha- the worst of it happened. He got bit, you know. He got, but the phoenix was there, like so. That was always in the back of like Voldemort. I mean, Dumbledore could have not have overlooked the fact that he had a phoenix. But he could have bit his head off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, 
don't we, God, that's funny. <laughs> why don't we have this be a great moment to bring in one of our other guests? Is he? Is he? Is he around? Is Matt? Is Matt chilling out? I know he was in the. Some star new hat, it's called Awesome Star New Hat. It's called Awesome Star New Hat. It's called Awesome Star New House. It's called Awesome Star New Hat. It's called Awesome Star New Hat. It's called Awesome. The House of Boston is a place for. Everyone and that includes you, so I'm star new house. It's called awesome 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 at home dance party. Turn the uh, main volume in the mixer down right now. I asked on the door if I could be sorted. Said sorry, won't be, but I could get According to the Ministry of Magic, the incorrect procedure. Not a wizard, you're a tree! So I'm star you out. It's called awesome, star you out. It's called awesome, star you out. It's called awesome. Woo! Star you out. It's called awesome, star you out. Hey everybody, we're back. And podcast <laughs> that was time. nice. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Lauren. Matt, Lauren, you guys are awesome. Woo! Thank you, guys. And, and I have a, I have an update for folks that I haven't announced publicly yet. Oh yeah, what okay. is it? Update, folks. Okay, so first of all, fair trade chocolate. A um, couple things here about fair trade chocolate. For those of you who don't know, if you love chocolate, uh, in the United States and throughout the Western world, in 20 years, chocolate is going to be, a study just came out to say that chocolate will be as rare and as expensive as caviar. What? 
Yeah. So That's and crazy. the reason the okay. reason for That's that crazy is because kids. people that are growing cocoa plants, uh, farmers that are doing the cocoa plant stuff, um, are being paid so little they're starving that they're fleeing to other crops at a very fast rate. Um, also, children get kidnapped and are enslaved and beaten and done horrible <laughs> things to to grow chocolate. So we don't want Harry Potter chocolate. To come from yeah. that. So we, we want it to be fair trade. And we've had over 15,000 signatures and you guys. So we can work for justice and work for our love for chocolate at the same time by making all Harry Potter chocolate fair trade. Hermione would awesome. expect no less, you know. Great. So we have over 15,000 signatures. And some good news is that the CEO of Warner Brothers wrote me a letter, uh, a personal letter. It was fantastic. Uh, he said he applauds the efforts of everybody, all of you, all of us in the Harry Potter Alliance and everything that's been done, and he would really like to talk about this further, and he'd like to see some more evidence as to why they should do fair trade chocolate, and and I think he doesn't even know that we have over 15,000 signatures, so we really want to show him how much enthusiasm is there, so folks, you know, you can sign up um, and do that whole petition thing, and the link, what was the link again? It's a really easy link, and then we can go to... So dft.ba slash dash, that's their format. Fair trade. Fair, fair trade. Yeah. Put that in there, mods. Okay. There's my plugs. <laughs> I like it. So what's going on now, guys? What's happening? What's next? What's, what's we're doing canon conundrums? Yeah, we're gonna do some quick fire canon conundrums. All right, does anybody talk about any Harry course? Potter stuff? Any topics? I like the Harry Potter. I like the quick, awesome. Who's got some topics for us? If a Dementor had succeeded in removing Harry's soul, would Voldemort's soul have gone out with it or been left in Harry's shell? I think it would eat both souls. Because the Voldemort soul was just a little sliver. You think it would eat Voldemort's soul first? Um I don't know, because I think it's I think it's tied I think they're tied together. So I don't think it could like I think the magic of, of what happened is stronger than what the Dementor would do. I don't think the Dementor could like take a little piece off because they're they're blended together. Yeah, they're not, not like, like surgeons. A, yeah, exactly. It's not like Voldemort's soul was just flitting around in his body, unable to get out when he wanted to. That's why it hurt whenever, you know, like whenever Harry's scar would hurt. It's because it, like, I think Dumbledore used a line or something like, or I read somewhere that it was like his soul trying to get back, you know, to its to Voldemort, and so that's what would hurt because it was trying to like escape but couldn't, or I don't know. Escape's probably too specific of a term, but yeah, that makes sense. Do you think that? That the souls have a taste to the Dementors. <laughs> yeah, I think they do because like in, when they drink soul. the polyjuice, everybody tastes different. Yeah, so. do you think they look different? They're 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 black or 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 mottled or oh. pure white. Mm, I I would argue they're probably like uh, it wouldn't they wouldn't look too different. Just because that's not a quality of the soul, because like it's one of those things that the things that you know it's not terrestrial, like a body is, you know. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like its own energy entity, kind of like how a Patronus always looks like a Patronus. It just takes a different shape, but still has the same consistency and color. Yeah. Maybe um, I would argue maybe the brightness rather than the color. Okay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, if we had to, if we had to pick something of that nature, I think it's fun to think about, though. Yeah. Especially given in this in, in this world in this lore, like she does distinguish things, um, she does distinguish the individual a lot in things. Uh-huh. You know what I mean, like with 
with the uh-huh. wands and with so I, I wouldn't be out of the question. But I well, just I kind of like the idea of it not being too different because of the fact that it's independent from the body. Don't mm-hmm. we see the soul in the movies when the Dementor is trying to suck the soul out of Harry? Yeah, it's like a little dot. Like, but like Harry's face is like. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. The, yeah. There's that when he's like eating his emotions, but in the third one, when like there's a little dot that comes out of like Sirius's mouth, you know, mm-hmm. that's like the soul. I would imagine. I think. I think. But I would like to think that your soul is more than just a glowing star. I think it would look a little bit more. I don't know, ephemeral than a dot. These are fun questions. Keep asking yeah. them. I like them. John, keep them coming. Next question. Um, you can send us questions via Twitter or in the chat. Somebody wants to know, what do you think the odds are of Fred coming back as a poltergeist like Peeves? <laughs> Not, none whatsoever. Why? Just because he's a Weasley? He's so, like so okay like with death and with moving on? Uh, yeah. Why? Well, hold on one second. I, just a technical question. Uh, poltergeist isn't a ghost, yeah. Right. Poltergeist is a creature unto itself. Yeah, they, I don't, I don't actually... think a human can do that. They can't, and human. They can't like poltergeists can interact with the environment, like they can touch and like, make things float and stuff like that. Ghosts can't. So how do you make I mean, a poltergeist? I, yeah. A goal. It, it's, a poltergeist is its own thing. It's just like a. It's a. Like how do you make a anything? You had to make Aww. a mermaid, you know. Yeah. Well, so, but a mommy poltergeist and a daddy poltergeist fall in love. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that Fred would come back as a ghost. Uh, for sure he wouldn't. Um, I mean, what's he going to do? He can't throw anything. I think he probably would have fun as a poltergeist, but I don't think that he would have much of a choice in the matter anyway. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it's one of those Sorry, to, sorry yeah, to, to diss the whole question. I just... Jeez, no, I mean, Andrew, I, I agree with you, Andrew. Crapping all over the question here. Crapping all over the question. Someone's oh, being dramatic. Aww. Sorry, buddy, to crap publicly on a question. Ew. Ew, gross. Ugh. Big question Sorry. pooper. One question. Pooper. Somebody wants to know if we think Remus was justified in leaving Tonks behind for a while there in Deathly Hallows. Um, I think it's understandable, but it's not justifiable. He even admitted it at the end that he was being foolish, and he thanked Harry for kind of keeping him accountable. But what about okay? But okay, let's say in World War Two, you have somebody who volunteers to join the army to fight the Nazis. From the U.S., let's just say, okay, they volunteer, and they have a baby on the way. It happened a lot. Uh, were they not justified? Um, I think it's, uh. all in, it's on the intent right there. Like his, like Remus's intent was because he didn't, he couldn't handle it, so he was running away. He wasn't going to protect; he was going to cope. You know, if he was going to protect the whole story, it's the heart of the situation. He was going away because he couldn't handle of what he might do, and he didn't trust himself, and he thought he made this life harder for his baby. He was listening to a lot of lies that he didn't need to be listening to. Right, and right. So, Inter- internalized depression. Yeah, and so when Harry presented him with the truth, he was he kind of flared up and got frustrated. But then when he when it sunk in at the end of the book, he was able to like tell Harry like thank you and made him his godfather. Well, so, I don't I think mean, he ever thanked him. Yeah, he did. He didn't yeah, directly he thank did. him. Yeah, he made him his godfather. We well, made him the godfather, which is a way of thanking him for their whole relationship, but I don't think it's um, thanking mm. him specifically for, hey, I thanks think for he... being... No, he did. He did. I think he did. It, yeah, it, well, it was a gesture. Okay, fine. He, no, here's no, he one did. Part... When he went back to um, the Hollow, I mean, when he went back to Shell Cottage, 
when he came, like he he appeared there, and he and he t- he told Harry, "Thank you." I, I don't think so, but I don't have it in front of me. So I don't have it in front of me. I can't believe I'm being arg- argumentative. I'm sorry. I have it in front, in front of me. Of I'm looking. I'm looking through the. No, I, I, all you all you do here's something that's always puzzled me. What? Ron and Hermione agreed that Harry was way too rough on Remus. So what's going on psychologically with Harry? I think that part had much more to do with Harry and his relationship with his elders, with Lupin, his, one of his last, his like last remaining father figure besides Arthur, that's alive, than it does to, to do with Lupin's journey. Even though it does have to do with that. I mean, he was crazy in that in that scene, and it seems so random um, that he. I mean, he could have said, "Yeah, Remus, I don't agree with this." But he took a tactic that was just downright mean, and maybe well, he believed that, that was the only way. But still, I think what's I think going they were on? both originally. I think they were both emotional in it. I don't think he was being any more mean than Remus was being mean. You know, what I mean? Remus was just dealing with the situation poorly. He was afraid, and and um, and I think Harry was just upset because, given how he was raised without a father and parents, it's like. Whoa! Like you have the opportunity to connect with this child, and you're going to deprive that? Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. So it's something that Remus probably can't understand from the same point of view that Harry did, and vice versa. Uh, people are saying in the chat, by the way, that he never actually officially thanks him, and I, I, I think you could say he did as a gesture thank him. You can make that argument, but he didn't officially thank him. I'm pretty sure. So um, I'm remembering it wrong then. I, 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 I no, he didn't read... specifically thank him. Not when he made him Godfather. Maybe, maybe when he saw him in the in the Resurrection Stone. But, no, but it, wasn't, it wasn't for that. In that scene, he just says, I just wanted my son to know um, that I died for him to have a better world. He doesn't say, right. thank you for being a, a schmuck to me at Grimmauld Place. <laughs> schmuck? Um, yeah, I'm Jewish, so I use Yiddish sometimes. We got well, a I mean, problem I... with that. We can have a... Co- <laughs> 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 um, you know, though, I, I, I think for me, somebody said to me recently, and I thought this was really astute, they think that this is one of the first attempts that Harry makes at really um, standing in his own power of being a man. And, and like other men, he's always looked up to Remus. He's always looked up to Sirius and Dumbledore. And then after Dumbledore's death, he realizes that he's got to be the one to call the shots soon. And I think this was a first and a not a very good um, attempt at really breaking away um, from a father figure and saying, like, look, the way you run your life, I don't agree with it. In fact, I don't think my father would have agreed with it. I think that you're a loser. Ooh. And I think that's what a lot of 17-year-old boys do to their father figures they, in yeah, order to to get identity. But then you see him begin to mature into the role of general, and when he sees Bill, who's kind of a father figure, and Bill's like, there's no way you can talk to Gripok or, or Ollivander. Harry just sort of is, isn't aggressive. He's just assertive. And he, he like understands exactly what he needs to do. He was just visit, visited by a vision of Dumbledore, and he says, no, I have to talk to them. I'm going to talk to them. And Bill just backs down, because now Harry's the general. So do you, do you not agree with what Harry told um, Lupin? I, I don't know. You, just don't, you, agree, you don't agree with how he said it, not I, what I, he said. I, I don't think it was necessarily his business. I mean, his business is taking down Horcruxes. If Remus can help him... Then w- it's his the business. Problem? It's his business. Remus was being a jackass. Come on, let's yeah, call it's, a spade it's, a spade. It's true. He's leaving. He is leaving his wife and, and his pregnant wife. But at the same time, Hermione and Harry and Ron like, couldn't they have used Remus? You know, they're, they're doing something that's more dangerous than Tonks having a baby. No, but but what's more valuable? Remus being helpful on the hunt and that makes him even more heroic. What's more valuable? Remus being with them and having just an extra body, you know, that much extra protection, or is, is his wife's? 
life and his unborn child's life and being there for them more valuable. And Harry is clearly saying in that moment, that's much more valuable than anything I'm doing here. This is a really confusing question because I I agree with what you're saying. But at the same time, if Voldemort's taken down, then many, many pregnant women will be saved. It's very true. But is Remus Lupin the linchpin and all that? No, Harry Potter is. You know what I mean? He is, like, but he needs some, is he an I extra mean, but, body in the fight? Yes, absolutely. But does Voldemort win if if Remus goes? You know, if everybody leaves their 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 pregnant wives just because there's a big battle to fight? You know, I like mean, wouldn't you I mean, it's one of those things that the battle has to start somewhere. And like, I mean, like it's one of those things that your home, your oh, you know, it's. It'd be one thing if they if they made this this decision together as a as a as a husband and wife and a mother and right. father, that's a whole other issue. But it, I mean, from my understanding of it and from what how his reaction to it, it's just that this is like he didn't. This is how he would handle the situation. Like I'll just I'll do this because like I can do this and I can't be a father and so I'll run away from that. So he was right. He was fear motivated. He was fear based, which Quickly, is never. We talking, never Guys, Sorry. this is a really interesting question. And there's the whole question of, like, for the greater good, right? Like, what would have been for... Here's the other thing. is that I don't think Harry thought that Remus would have been valuable because he would have figured out about the Horcruxes, and Harry didn't want anyone to know about the Horcruxes except Hermione and Ron, because at that time he was trying to follow Dumbledore's um, orders. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, and that's plot-wise, and that's that's one thing, but, like, I'm, th- I'm talking more about, like, just Re- Remus as an individual there. I... I think he he was fear motivated. He wasn't he wasn't being brave. He was running away from something he didn't understand, because it's easy for him to fight because that's all yeah. he's ever done. Right. Like I mean, so that's not him. Not that's not him being brave. He's not being a Gryffindor. There, he's running well, away think, from something. I think we're looking at this from different perspectives. I think you're you're looking at this from Remus Remus's point of view, and I completely agree with you. And I think that you know he's he's internalized so much oppression in terms of the way people have treated him and. He is being fear motivated. I'm looking at this from Harry's perspective and Harry's development and saying, why Why was Harry so cruel about it? Was it merely yeah, a tactic? You know? Well, I, I agree with that, but at the same time, like, I guess I'm taking it from a standpoint that there is a standard. Like, what, 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 what Remus was doing was wrong. Like, it's not up for debate. Like, what he was doing was wrong. And so Harry pointed him in the right direction. And so that's why I guess I'm not harping on Harry because it's like, what Harry, what needed to happen, Harry helped accomplish. So like that's the that's the greater good I guess in my head like because he, like Remus needed to not be fear motivated and what but he was doing like was it's not like Harry consistently makes decisions based on that like it's not like he, he wasn't uh, well, like yeah. go back to the goblins be with your 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 people you know he, he was like no come with us we're going to manipulate you in every way we possibly can to get this Horcrux so it's sort of Harry's kind of you know oh, I guess we are talking about different things because I'm talking about Lupin right and I'm talking about Harry. But but I think it's an interesting discussion no matter what. Oh, I totally agree. Um, and I think I think you're completely right. I think that Remus was making the wrong decision. I, I completely agree. I'm just wondering if whose place is it to tell Remus that? And and maybe it is Harry's. I'm just, well, I mean, I find to it, me, it's more like the truth needs to get out regardless. It doesn't matter who tells him as long as the truth gets out. I mean, is I that what you would... What, I don't know. I, like, if I have a friend... If I, It's hard. Any of us who've had friend, loved ones or who have been in this position ourselves, where, where they're acting dysfunctionally. It's hard to call them out on it. It's hard to say, like, to, to really call a loved one out on, on something like that and and know that you're not doing more damage by doing that. Um, but it's one of those things, it's like, you have to look, why is it hard? Is it hard because it's taking me out of my comfort zone? Or is it hard mm-hmm. because, like, you're spurring them in the wrong direction? 
and that's why everything has to be done out of love so that you have to, so that they understand like i'm not doing this because i'm mad at you i'm i'm doing this because i'm concerned for you and the easy thing would be to do not to have that conversation and just hope they get better or hope someone else has it so you're saying he he had to make a choice between what was right and what was easy yeah you guys are just going i'm just listening <laughs> sorry <laughs> No, it's I love fine. these conversations. These are fun, so yeah. I like these. I and I and I, if I'm coming off adamant, it's just because when I don't understand something, I start, I start asking more aggressive questions. So I hope it. And we do this, adamant. and we do this, we do this on Pottercast every week. Pottercast.com. But I'm your, I'm your guest, so I feel a little, a little, um, yeah. obnoxious so, stepping in. Why? Not at all. Why? You're I'm, your, I'm your guest. Because you're I a guest. So we you guys keep guessing. Well, I go get a glass of water. Yeah. It's been three hours. You guys keep talking. But I, I think we, yeah, I think I would agree that Harry was, was a bit rash, and like, and that was part of his growing, his growth spurt, and it's one of those things that like it probably had to, ha- it was going to happen regardless, like him him making a rash decision or like pushing against something, and it's what I guess in my head it's like, well, at least he made a rash decision to something that matters, you know, and right. actually helped remedy something that could have been very foolish. Well, the know? thing, hey, the, the he was only... just being stubborn. Well, the only two witnesses there, Hermione and, and Ron, basically are against what Harry did. They're against how he did it, but in the same time, like they don't like. And like you said, like he, Harry, like even if Harry agreed with, like agreed with what he did, he still wouldn't let him come along because um, Dumbledore said these like right. only these two. So like to, it was compounded. It was the fact that like, well, Dumbledore said no. And what are you thinking? Like, you have a pregnant wife. Go back with your Like, it's one of the things that he didn't understand where Lupin was coming from, I would argue. You know the Tonks I mean? could have stayed with the Weasleys, could have stayed with all kinds of people. Who's being stubborn? Harry? Harry's being Harry's all, I want to do it my own way and just run in Hermione's so we could have kid time and dance in the tent and everything. And it's, it's very easy to know the outcome and to Monday morning quarterback the whole, oh, no way they needed help from any adults or anybody that are... Of course they needed help, you but know, at the same time, like, they hadn't more trained in, in magic or whatever. Like, it would make so much sense to have Remus or three more Remuses running around helping protect them and, like, helping them get around the country and destroy the Horcruxes and stuff. They would, they would probably be able to figure it out right quick. I'm not arguing that he would have been an asset. It's just that... But but to say but that Dumbledore he shouldn't no. do that because his wife's pregnant, like like there's not people every day who have pregnant wives that still go into work and bring home a salary and be able to That's take care of their family. Totally different. Come on, why? Fight. They can apparate. He could have checked in every night if he wanted to. Mm. That's interesting. No, not with where they're all their places have like strongholds against apparition and like to assume he's going to have the freedom to apparate back and forth. Then why even be there if he's if he's going to be with Tonks? What's I just, the point? I mean, does Tonks honestly have no other family? Uh, her dad got killed. He's only with her mom. What about like order members? Her dad's Weasleys. not killed yet. Oh, her dad's on the run. Her dad was on the run though. It wasn't there. I don't know. I mean, it seems black and white to me. Don't believe it. Like in two regards, because Harry obviously feels strong about it because he was raised without his parents, and so that's something an emotional tie that he probably spoke a little irrationally out of. Yeah. And he's like, "What are you talking about? Like, you have the opportunity to give the to give your child 
the world, like yourselves. Like that's all Harry ever wanted was his family. That we learned that in book one with Amir Verset. You know what I mean? And so, like, that's such a deep-rooted desire for him. He's like, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to be with your family. And Dumbledore said it's just going to be, it needs to be, only trust the three of them with it. Yeah, but for and how then, long? And then, like, it was a big compromise for him to, like, figure, okay, he'll let Neville know to kill the snake in case he dies. So it'll be right. three again. And he was almost a chosen one. And, like, that was, the, and that was a, a made, like, that was the only compromise to letting anybody else in on that plan. That was a big point of the plot. I think it. I think it's a striking thing that we're seeing with Harry is that he's he continues to develop as a human being, and he's not perfect. He makes really rash decisions. His decision to go to the ministry was rash, and he could have had he not been so rash, he would have remembered the mirror that Sirius had given him. It's not like the guy makes perfect decisions all the time, and nope. so and 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 so I just think that this this scene stands out to me. Because it what it, it it just stands out because it was very, it felt like very rash, hot-headed, erratic behavior, and he is hot-headed, and um, um, and I think it's a little strange that after three books of us hearing nothing about how terrible the unforgivable curses are, Harry goes right into the imperious curse in Gringotts, and it made sense. I think he was right to do it, but like there's no remorse, there's no not like it, you know he just does it, and I don't. I don't I, I know I'm changing the topic there, but it's just this sort of idea that, to me that once you're a general and, and you're calling shots like this, you're, to some degree, maybe you behave differently. It affects your psychology, and it's painful, but it's, it's, and it's tiring, and you don't really know what you're doing or if what you're doing is right. You just hope to God it is. In these well, I mean, yeah, situations. he has the burden of decisions to make here, but at the same time, it's one of those things that, like, I don't know what like I'm still gonna harp on the point that like what Remus was doing wasn't brave. I mean, like he was running away from something. That's that's it. And I think Harry saw that, and that's what made him be a little more rational about it too. Like I'll stand by that. I don't think you can convince me otherwise than that because like he he was running. He was running from, not running to uh, Remus. I'm talking Remus. About. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Are we ready for so, a new question here? I think. I, I think we are. This has been going on yeah. a while. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Draco. After Voldemort's gone, what happens with Draco? Is he still uh, a jerk? Does everybody still think he's a jerk? <laughs> I think he probably just holds up into himself, and you know. But do you think? I really like. Um, <laughs> if you guys remember the acting troupe when they went and visited, like the Malfoys, I really liked their take on how the Malfoys were in the future. They're kind of like they still have their money, but they're kind of more sequestered. You know, they're they're not about the politics anymore. It's just kind of like they're just old money now kind of minding their own business to a certain degree. I kind of really liked that kind of... Because, like, they, it's one of those things that they recognize they were wrong, but there's still a hint of pride in there that, you know, that, you know... You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just thought it was a nice little take on that, but that's not canon at all. Well, Jake was a jerk. Yeah. Uh, he's, like a, he's, like, he's got a very strong mean streak, and I think when someone has a strong mean streak, it's hard to not have that mean streak. I, um, he's also not a horrible horrible person yeah he's not I mean, evil I, he's just yeah mean. i think he has he has a will that is particularly weak except not when it comes to his parents his love for his parents is very very strong um and yeah, I, I, I don't know about love but he's certainly well i think on. he loves his parents it, it's he just loves to the them. Point it's, where that it's not the affectionate kind of love that we associate with like harry and the rest of the, you know well, First well, snape, loves, snape loves lily snape loves lily and it's totally that's weird a whole other and, thing I mean, I'm right, but I'm just saying it's like it's sort of narcissistic to some degree, and Draco's love for his parents is, you know, got that degree of narcissism in it. But he would do anything for them. He would, 
he would probably die for them. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think his parents did him the most disservice too, at being young and just like not raising him properly in the sense that he gets whatever he wants, and it nurtured that already kind of like that nature in him already about being a little bit mean or mean streak or being that personality trait that which brought out just encouraged that like oh he's better than everyone else right. and blah 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 and i think now after the the battle i'd hope he'd be a little more humility in him but we saw him on the, the platform and they kind of like looked at each other and kind of like exchanged a glance and he's that you know like he's still around so well that's i, just, there's like, a, I think gonna, that glance but, was significant to me because he it was a curt nod they stay away from each other but you know, we see that Dumbledore's right that there is uh, a hidden magical rule that if somebody saves your life, you are permanently indebted to them. And mm-hmm. Harry saves Draco's life, and I think there's a strange bond that exists between them. And in a way, yeah, Draco like saves Harry's life, but that's another. I mean, in, in, with the uh, the whole confusion, I think most readers feel about the wand. Who's the master of the wand? Draco helped Harry be the master of the wand. Um, I don't think yeah. that counts as saving his life. Um, well, but, and but Harry, but he yeah. did. He did like pretend he didn't recognize him. You know what I mean? In the in the mansion, when it's obvious, it's Hermione and right. Ron, and then a right. guy that's you know it's Harry. Like so, he was reluctant. I don't know if he was, you know, he he was reluctant. I guess at best, which is yeah. On the magical level, they have a very complicated and deep relationship, perhaps more so than Harry has with almost any friend. Yeah, that's um, interesting because, because a lot because of subtlety he saved there. he saved his life. Draco sort of saved Harry's life a couple times. Um, so it's, yeah, it's powerful. And Dumbledore, oh, what foreshadowing? It's interesting. Because I always was wondering for it to come back to this, and I never thought about this. Dumbledore what? says at the end of book one um, that your relationship, that your father and Snape's relationship with each other is no different than your relationship with Draco Malfoy. And I always like, but it's not because, but but it kind of is now because that's how it ends. They, I mean, uh, Snape owed James his life, even though he ended up killing James, he ends up saving his son, and Harry owes, um, and Draco owes um, Harry his life. Okay. Um, so it, there is a parallel in those relationships. Interesting. I never thought of that. I wonder if that's part of the magic, because I wonder if like one of the reasons why his memories of Lily and love for Lily was so pungent. Maybe because, nah, anyway. Next question. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Next question. <laughs> if Salazar made the Chamber of Secrets and Helga made the kitchens, did Rowena Ravenclaw make the room of requirement? That's a very interesting question. I, would I think can't all hear the founders... John's voice. What? That would be fabulous. Oh my gosh. I think she did. We talked Wait, about this in Pottercast. We? Yeah, because That'd someone be cool. we, we talked about it before, and I, I, I would love it for her to make it. But didn't they say that she was like the architect? Like, didn't she design like the stairways and stuff? Hmm. And I would like to think that Slytherin is the only one who made something secretively. I think the hmm. other ones would have just, you know, it was a communal thing. So I would even argue that the room requirement, because of its power, and it's just. It, you can pro- you can probably you can find elements of all four houses in that room. It accommodates. It's clever. It's ambitious because it knows what people want. Like, like right. I could see I could see traits of all four houses in that room. Yeah, me too. I would too, love it if but, Crane but did it's it. So clever. I like it's Ruin. So oh, clever. It's super clever. It could have been a Raven Claw that made it, not Rowena herself. Or do you it think could they can been... make additions to Hogwarts? Well, Dumbledore says in book four that 
you know, he could never know everything about Hogwarts. I, I feel like there is, like, this mysterious other thing happening in the whole book series. Like, there's laws of magic that are so subtle, and there's this subtle magical world. Like, the whole thing about what does the soul look like, the question from a little bit ago, uh-huh. I, I, it, the soul plays, like, the, it's the crucial element in the entire book, and yet it is so barely explained as yeah. to what she believes a soul is. I, and I, I think that there's, like, this subtle spiritual-esque thing happening um, in the realm of magic in the books. It's just really nuanced and uh, and hard to grasp. I think the realm yeah. of requirement might be one of those things. It's just like, maybe Hogwarts itself made it. Yeah. Um, that Hogwarts has a mind of its own. Yeah, like, yeah, I would agree with that because, like, they talk about how wands are almost sentient, you know what I mean? And imagine, right. like, these halls that all these wizards and witches and powerful wizards and witches came from and invest in and kind of like I, I, I would like that idea too yeah that would what be amazing what I want to know which what Frack brought, brought up once is, is did the fire destroy the room of requirement or did it just destroy oh, right. the objects in it I it was I, it was cursed fire it was fiend fire yeah it was fiend fire cursed fire oh cursed fire yeah I think you said first fire sorry Wait, first, does it destroy uh, just the one room or is, does it destroy the entire see I uh, would argue like I would be kind of sad like I would, I would like. This is what I would like. I want that fiend fire to have weight, like that. Like that was dangerous, and it was, and like, and so I wanted it to change the room. If it destroyed the room, it's kind of like melt. It's kind of uh, sad but good. Like it's kind of sweet, like bittersweet. Like oh, it sucks, but you know, look what happened. Like they defeated Voldemort. Um, if it didn't change the room at all, that would be like, ah, eh, that's dumb because fiend fire is like. It's a reason why it's like dangerous and forbidden so maybe it just destroyed the room of lost things you know what i mean like they're tr- the, the, the that room the room can't transfer like the room requirement can't transform into that room again what about that what do you guys think about that maybe 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 that it's like it's like a parallel world the room of requirement it's just kind of you know you've destroyed one destroyed one or destroyed them all yeah, wow. I would like I I would want one or all. Like the fact that it would just come back mm, bothers me. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't I, know. Maybe I, the room of requirement is made of stronger stuff than that. I don't know. I I I think um, that we were hitting on something um, really important right before that that may help us with that question. I ramrolled in there. <laughs> if if wands if wands are sentient, couldn't Hogwarts? I mean, I think that Hogwarts is sentient. I mean, look at how the desks jump up to defend the school. Look at how the, the, the I mean, how many of the portraits care about Hogwarts. All of the different rules yeah, involving the, the headmaster's office. Too, that's right. Yeah. And, and, and so I, 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 yeah, and the, all the non-sentient beings that become sentient because McGonagall says. I don't think that's just because of her magic. I think that's yeah. I think Hogwarts she woke magic. something up rather than she wasn't right. empowering it. She just kind of pushed it over the edge. Right. Otherwise, she could. I mean, anyone who knows Transfiguration could make an army of desks. So I think that that Hogwarts. Forget the founders. The founders were great, but I think that Hogwarts has a self-healing mechanism in it. The self, you know, the, 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 the stairs play tricks on students. They change, like they they change directions. They do all this stuff. I think the school has a mind of its own, and um, that Dumbledore was just so in tune with that, and and so humble about that that the school itself just respected it. this. The power of the school respected him so much. Um, so if the requirement was indeed destroyed. I think that Hogwarts itself has a self-generating, like something else may come, not in that exact spot, but maybe somewhere else that's similar to the room of requirement, much like the way the Earth works. You know, if we destroy something on this planet, 
Well, I like that. Later. It would it would take you know, but it takes time. You know, it wouldn't right. be able to like because there needs to be repercussions. You know, there needs right. to be weight to decisions and and you know all that fun stuff. I got to go to another question so cool. here in the chat. For, can we discuss Harry's use of the unforgivables? Hmm. I mean, Harry's not perfect. Well, and at the same time, it's like. <sighs> It's just he's an adult. I think it's one of those things that, like, he's in a very. What do you think the I, worst it's, one it's, is? Well, I think the worst. Really? Well, yeah, but he doesn't use that. <laughs> he never. You think of vodka. You think there's another. There's a word like a like the other ones. Yes, like <laughs> the imperious curse is horrible because like you you really you you diminish someone's will. You you inflict yourself upon them, but there's. There's no repentant. You can't repent from killing somebody. Like you can't make that right. Like death is the final thing. But if you like, kill somebody, which is what dead. the entire series of Angel is about. People, by the way. people would say that you know, in in war or whatever, there are some you know killing that's justified. But like a torture spell, is there ever any justifiable? That's a fair, that's a very fair point. Actually, it's a really fair point. A torture spell. Well, I mean, do, do you not like? Then that that begs the whole question of the greater good type of thing. Like, is it okay to is someone who has key information that will cause thousands of people to die to get it out of them through torture? Yeah, but does torture ever really get the real information? There's I'm a lot like, of evidence well, that it doesn't. You know. Well, I mean, hey, we're, that's we're, we we can't understand well, what. What do you yes. think is the worst worst spell, Imperio or Crucio? Crucio. Well, what if you Imperio I don't know. somebody? Imperio, I don't know. Raping someone's mind. But if you yeah. imperioed somebody to hurt somebody else, then they're, they're all pretty bad. What I mean, if I imperioed Melissa to like punch her mom in the face? Nobody touches Mama Lanelli. Nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody. You mess nobody. with Mama Lanelli, you mess with the whole Harry Potter nobody. fandom, and we'll take yes. you down. So would you say in that case it's okay. better to crucio Melissa or to imperio her to I'm punch her mom? Imperio somebody. And then they have, and when I when they're Imperio, they're going to Crucio somebody until they'll AK somebody else. I'll uh, do all in one fell swoop. That's what I'm going to do. Terrible. It is terrible. <laughs> in rare form today. I don't think anyone's ever wanted to put. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Stop. Kicking it to Alex. Um, this song like, is uh is now. about my favorite family. But who needs cash if you've got love? Your family is such an inspiration to me. All right, now, yeah. Give it up for Molly. Woo! Watches their clock for everyone. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Wizards welcome, as are others. That's why the Weasleys are such an inspiration to me. Cause he's a first class right out pride Between you and me, Gret and Forge more than make up for that Yeah, yeah, that's why the Weasleys are such an inspiration to me Here we go We're going to the burrow So won't you sing along with the burrow 
I know this is gonna feel a little bit awkward. You're at home watching the live stream, but I want you to sing along. Let's get some weird looks. Louise Lee's are such an inspiration. Just humming. Louise Lee's are such an inspiration. Snapping. Louise Lee's are such an inspiration to me. Louise Lee's are such an inspiration to me. The Weasleys are such an inspiration to me. The Weasleys are such an inspiration to me. Thank you. Yay! Woo! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just catching up with the chat. Thank you, Alex. Hooray! 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 Oh, God. Right. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 It's a nice place to be. Friends. <laughs> you missed it. Mother, you three. Just so disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time we've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>